0: Hello and welcome to another episode of How to Build a Theatre, a podcast charting the creation of a new theatre in Brussels by looking at the wider theatre industry. My name is Edward McMillan.
1: And my name is Phil Wilcox, and I'm slightly concerned about how you said the word another, <laughs> Ed. Not...
0: Another! There are
1: some podcasts that have been running for hundreds of episodes, <laughs> and we've done what? I don't... Actually, how many episodes have we done that? Well,
0: Anyway, how are you doing? Uh, fine, thank you. Yes, it's been a month of highs and lows, as we've just nice, discussed kind of... off off air. But on air, um, yeah, highs and lows. The highs being. Let's have
1: a let's let's have a sandwich. Let's do high, low, high.
0: Lovely. I'm not sure I've got two highs, but I will try. Oh. I'll <laughs> try and find one. Uh, no, no, <laughs> our highs are that, wow, <laughs> our uh, our workshops are really up and running and we've got some fabulous right. things uh, going. We've also planned some new workshops, new workshop ideas for uh, the next term, so the spring term, April to June kind of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and, th- and they're all really lovely. You know, I'm, I'm really enjoying... Um, inspiring people through through the arts basically it's it's really really nice um and we are managing to find different locations to do these workshops in so that's also enabling us to do more essentially so that's that's very very nice i think on the low uh unfortunately this warehouse space that we had been working towards didn't work out in the end it's a whole process and a whole big story but the the key point to know was basically it was the fire safety aspect that made it financially impossible for us to do um it would have just been way too expensive way too much investment in a property that we were renting as well it wasn't even been ours um which is a shame because the actual building itself was really nice and well suited for a theater and the the public authorities were very interested and yeah, we we could have done a lot there, but you know, you live and you learn, right? You live and you learn. Uh and so we've had we've had two um <laughs> two near misses and I'm really hoping that number 3 will will be the magic number. And then the high? Yes, the high is is the yes, we have now announced our our next production, uh Lungs by Duncan Macmillan. Uh, which uh, is in process of creation now, if you will.
1: No, no, no relation, I assume. <laughs> no
0: relation. Although a lot of people, yes, have, <laughs> have already asked me. I am a mook, and he is a mac. A Mac, mm, Big uh, difference, uh, yes. Phil, big difference.
1: Indeed, yeah. different clans. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: helped. laughs> um, so yes, so Duncan Mac- Macmillan, um, and it's kind of a play, it's a two-person play, and it's about sustainability issues in, in respect of how do we as humans or as a couple live responsibility, responsibly in the age of climate change.
1: Okay, brilliant. I think it's probably time that we introduced
0: our guest. Yes, I think you're right. So our guest this month is a lovely gentleman called Sam Hoos, and he is the project coordinator of an organisation called In Limbo, which is based here in Brussels. So welcome to the show, Sam. Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Thanks very much for coming, Sam. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So many of our conversations in, uh, not to preempt what In Limbo is about, but so many of our conversations end up being about Sustainability in theatre. And we're going a little bit away from sort of around the peripherals of the world of theatre today. And I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, Just to get us all warmed up and limbered up, I've got a few quick fire questions. Is that okay? They're all quite straightforward. Yeah, sure. Hit me. Fantastic. Here we go. All right. So the first one I would start with is Are you a a late night or an early morning person? Clearly, late night. (laughs) We won't go into last night. Um, Do you have a favourite season, favourite time of the year? Uh,
2: I would say spring. It's the only season where people really s- start to notice the change, like the first flower buds and the yeah. So it's it's really this promise of something better coming.
1: Um, do you, if you had a superpower, what do you think what would be? What would it be
2: what it would be, or what I would like? Um, um, oh, that's, yeah, either. I think uh, understanding every language would be mm-hmm. a nice one like also with this understanding culturally what people want to say and what they mean yeah that's something i would really like to just understand everyone
1: yeah along with that that's really interesting you say that along with that understanding would you also have to be able to speak the language as well or would it be just okay to understand
2: i would already be very glad with understanding and i think uh to express myself with hands and feet. Uh, as long as you understand the other person, uh, I think it's it's the basics to try to understand others.
1: Okay, two more questions then for you. Uh, work or play? Or are they both the same? Interchangeable? Uh, leisure, clearly. Leisure time. Um, finally, it's maybe slightly challenging. Maybe this isn't quite so much of a quick fire question. Do you know how you... Um, do you know how you learn, how you best learn things? Are you a doer, a thinker, a, re- a repeater? How do you best learn something?
2: Uh, seeing someone doing it. So that's for physical things, observing people. And my for uh, knowledge more, it's like repetition uh, a lot, like re- copying stuff over and over, uh, rewriting, rereading,
1: rewriting, re-listening. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, congratulations, Sam. Thank you very much. You've, you've passed the quick fire questions.
0: I find it extremely fascinating uh, that your superpower would be understanding different people. And I think that's re- a really nice little link to, to, to ask you, who are you? <laughs> and what is this in limbo that we have just mentioned? I wonder if you could just give us a little taste of that. Yeah. So I'm
2: from Brussels, um, from Brussels, bilingual from Brussels. So it means Dutch and French. I've been born in Brussels, uh, lived in Brussels all my life. I've always been busy uh, visiting stuff, uh, enjoying cultural life in Brussels. I know a lot of uh, places in Brussels. And also, maybe interesting also beyond the language barrier, because Brussels is like different communities. And I I always hopped between uh, those communities as a bilingual in Brussels. Uh, so I know Brussels very well. I used to be a tour guide at a certain point. Um, and then I studied politics um, to try to understand what society is about. Uh, I ended up doing a project with some friends. We started a museum, the Museum of Capitalism, uh, still going on. Worked for there for some years. Um, and then uh, my passion for uh, building and logistics started to emerge. Um, and then I there was a job offer for uh, to this In Limbo project. And uh, I already knew it. Um, and I applied, and now I'm here. And so In Limbo um, is a project that started in 2018. Uh, it's a project that was conceived by uh, La Monet, the Opera House from Brussels. Rotor, which is like a um, uh, think tank, uh, a shop of, about reusing materials in Brussels. Uh, and also Zinneke. Zinneke is a non profit organization that organizes like Carnival in Brussels, but it's a typical Brussels Carnival that's main goal is to use reclaimed materials in Toussaint. and Toustant. And Toustant is the Fourth partner that's created in Limbo, which is um, an organization that um, uses uh, n- buildings that are not used for activating them. So uh, in the past, Toussaint has, has uh, big empty hangars uh, or open public spaces and they try to imp- uh, involve um uh, people to use these spaces. So those four partners came together and looked at how can we be more renewable? How can we waste less materials within the cultural Brussels sector? And they had this idea like, yeah, actually we see that a lot of materials that are created, um, this waste that is created is still reusable, but for someone else. So how can we create this flow from people generating waste, by doing art and culture, which is uh, we see a lot of opera houses like the La Monnaie or even Ancien Belgique, the, they create waste. Uh, it can be flight cases that are slightly damaged or curtains that are like that have holes in them. Um, yeah, they need some new materials. But these materials are still very useful within the sector. Why not like try to support small organizations? So there, there came this idea to create a structure, a collaboration within Brussels of let's all work together, like let's try to manage our waste better, and that's what uh, In Limbo is about. So In Limbo is really this this idea of let's collaborate let's um better use materials and also do it in a social way it's not about um making profit it's like let's stimulate brussels uh, art scene uh, schools people who need materials for um creativity
1: um and let's not just throw it away amazing this um and so it started with a, with a couple of theatrical organisations involved. Is it is it only for the world of theatre, or is it anybody?
2: So it's not only theatre. At the start, you have like the Opera House, which is like a producer of waste, let's say. Then you have Zineke, this uh, non profit that's about reclaiming. So already you see the. Um, a combination of two different actors working together then you have the structural approach from this this rotor which have like this knowledge on what can you reclaim how to reclaim what does society need within because reclaim is a whole it's not so easy just to say yeah let's reclaim it no it's a whole process and to stand at the spaces and so Already to send this not uh, theater. So we see our partners are very diverse um, within the in Limbo network. Now we have 530 uh, members, if I uh, like, I checked last week. Um, these are all kinds of associations. Uh, we have um, some big houses like La Monet, Flaget. Uh, you have abe Marini. These, these are big organizations but we also have like very small underground organizations we don't limit um, the partners on having an official organization also some collectives can join in limbo for example a squad that has no legal um, um, how do you say status. Can apply for in limbo if they come with us and they pro- present their project and it's an open project that promotes culture uh, then they can also use um, what we provide as in limbo
1: amazing and, and how far is your scope how far are you yeah based?
2: yeah actually we get a lot of requests from all over um, Belgium but we try to really limit to Brussels um, we would prone urge people to create their own in Limbo style platform uh, locally. And we see more and more these kind of things emerging now in Tournée something, Recuperatex started. Um, You also have the network of the Recuperatex within uh, universities, uh, um, art universities, art schools uh, um, starting to emerge. But we try to, each of us tries to build a concept and see what works we learn from each other. But it would be strange to reclaim materials and then do like 100 kilometers to reclaim something No, let's try to do it locally and what i also like is uh, if you look through history uh, how people made art they they went to get their materials locally um, now you can just buy whatever you want from around the world so if you limit yourself to what's available locally, you create also some local art. And that's what I like to have, like this collaboration within partners that live in the next in the same streets, uh, as a matter of speaking. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, the local waste in Brussels, we have some uh, paper uh, waste uh, companies. Uh, yeah, let's use this. Maybe in Ghent, they will have more like a glass factory. Yeah, it would be cool that we see that the, the arts that's made in Ghent would be like glass-based, and the art in Brussels would be like uh, the surplus of paper would be used, for example. Um, yeah, that's cool. Also to, to stimulate people to work with what they have available. <music>
0: Yeah, I think, I think what's really fascinating about In Limbo is it's, it's, it's almost like a perfect coalition of partners who came together at, at, at that particular time. And I, I haven't seen in the UK, I don't know if Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't seen anything like it there. I know there have been attempts to set something up, but I don't know of anything.
2: Not that I know of. There is one particular project, uh, English-speaking country in the US, uh, that's also really cool. That's Materials for the Arts. It's in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Um, but this is... Organized by the the state, uh, by the government, uh, it's like uh, twenty people working there. It's huge. It's it's uh, look it up materials for the arts, and there their their scope is really art. Um, so uh, it's to stimulate the arts making process. Uh, if you look at what the materials are, we reclaim. It's a little bit different. Um, We try to have more also um, a scope on um, the social uh, part of reclaiming materials and what organizations need. So we might reclaim uh, old toilets, uh, showers um, also because we see that's what people need. Kitchens. Uh, if it's for a food kitchen for a solidarity kitchen uh, yeah it's not about this art day. we want to stimulate also just social organizations so we're not only for the arts it's also uh, just social social organizations what they need and then the question what do we reclaim yeah that's that's a difficult one because um it's we try to always ask our members, what are you doing? Uh, what's what's going on in your organization? Uh, to know what their material needs might be. And then we get a lot of requests also from people who want to donate or uh, get rid of stuff. So we, we try to do this matchmaking. So if someone comes to me, yeah, we have all this wood. Uh, do you want it? There are days, I would say, yeah, no, we have enough wood in stock, um, and no one is using wood for the moment, which is very improbable, but imagine. Um, And sometimes uh, it's like, yeah, wood, I know immediately which organization could use this. Um, Yeah, but that's a a thing we're going to um, develop further to, there is no, real software behind uh, how to analyze all these requests and all to to keep it organized because now there's a lot of things in my head and in my mailbox um but we're working on making this more fluently and maybe one day making it without the need of a person having like a big wall where people can uh, put their requests uh, like old school but yeah
1: within brussels it's almost uh the equivalent of like um gumtree eBay you know those those sorts of shopping platforms would make things sort of quite as a basis would make things easy I mean in terms of in creating your infrastructure for people to easily access what you've what you've gotten yeah but it, it's not so easy to create um,
2: a well-functioning platform um, because if, if you if if you look at like um, sometimes you need this critical mass of people using the platform for it to work and like 500 organizations is a lot but if you look from the perspective of someone wanting to get rid of something often it's like i need to get rid of this now and someone needs to get it today that's often the case like i don't want it as soon as possible it has to leave with 500 people who could be potential uh, takers it's, it's, it's uh, not a lot. It's, it's, you have to get lucky to just have the right person on the right time looking at this information. If you put it on Facebook, uh, there will be immediately someone ready to come and get it. So this is the difficulty of like how do we make something that also works, that, peep, that, uh, uh, that responds to the demands of people. And 500 is, is, is already better. But uh, yeah, we're still developing it and uh, making it more user-friendly because yeah, web dev is not uh, one of my specialties, but it's really needed in in, in, in what we're doing actually. So, yeah. so I
0: mean, I mean, so you do the matchmaking, and you were just saying about um uh you know someone saying I want I want you to collect this item today and finding someone to pick it up. But if I understand correctly, you also have a warehouse as well, and I guess the, but I guess that also has its constraints in terms of the amount of things you can collect in there and store in there. Uh, how do you make that balance between, okay, we need this in?
2: Yeah, if you look at the problem, it's it's that's now we come to the logistical problem. How do you manage this to get the re- right material to the right person in the right time? Um, often the match between I need it and I, I want to give it does not happen on the same time. So ideally you would say, uh, ah, this person is interested. They will come to get it and I don't touch this. I don't even see the thing. Uh, in real life Um, but that often happens but often it does not happen either Um, for example also when you think about it's not one thing you want to give away often when you want to give stuff away it's like because you clean up and you end up with like 20 things to give away or you're renovating your your, um, your, your, I don't know your opera house or your theater um, and then it's suddenly 50 things you want to give away and then it's not easy to do the logistics. Like, will there be someone at the door always organizing? Ah, you're the one coming for the curtains. I don't know. Where are the curtains? Yeah. And then that's that's a difficult logistical problem. So what we came up with was was to have an inter in between, and that's where the name in limbo also refers to this in between, not knowing what the destiny is. But we have this place where we go pick it up, or people can come bring it, um, and then other people manage it there. And so that's this whole logistical part we do. Um, but if people ask us, can you bring it, pick it up today, we often say no. Uh, we cannot just pick it up today. That's that's um, we don't have the means to do this. So we do once every two weeks. We do a pickup and we drive around Brussels with a, a van we, we rent and we go pick stuff up. Uh, yeah. And so. There is we pick up and every Wednesday we're open, so that's an important thing. We have a recurrency in our opening hours. Every Wednesday we are open for public to have their material needs
1: uh, <laughs> done. <laughs> I love I love the work as you said. Uh, I I think it was actually in our little pre uh, pre chat before we started recording. Is you, you? It's a very small team at in in Limbo, isn't it?
2: It's a very small team um, for the moment. So. Technically, I work for Toussaint. Uh, I'm on the payroll of Toussaint. Um This is a project also that Toussaint wants to realize. So it's the 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 la volonté, the the will of Toussaint mm-hmm. to have this project. Because for the moment, there is no real funding for this project. We had some funding for different specific parts of the project. But for the moment, there is no structural funding to have this running. Um, So I'm on a payroll of two stands with some leftovers right in there. So I'm four fifths. I don't know how you say it 80% employed on this project. Um, And so that's me on this project. This is my main main, uh, focus but I can also use um, the help of the um, graphical designer and the communication person of TwoStand. I also have uh, HR that's done by the person of TwoStand, which is a huge um, part of... If you have to multitask those things, it's it's it's, it's a much, so I can really uh, rest on, on those people. So I would say there's one full-time person employed on, on uh, the
1: project in Limbo. And then in terms of the financial structure of, of in Limbo getting... Do people uh, do people pay for they don't pay for the, the stuff that they're receiving is that uh, they yes right. they pay mm-hmm. for the stuff they're receiving yeah so right.
2: it's a free contribution um, and so uh, depending a free contribution is always depending on uh, what their means are um, and we try as much as possible to be clear on what the cost is and uh, also who other organizations are and that they realize who they are in in this whole are they? It's it's a difficult question discussion on uh, what are your means compared to other users and but yeah it's an open discussion it's there's not if people ask me what would you give it's always hard for me I always say like I could give you the shop price but it's not a reference mm-hmm. um, if if something weighs like two hundred kilo and I moved it uh, or and it's it has not a lot of value and something is very light, and I moved it, for me, it's me moving it. That's the work. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. not about the material value of the object per se. Mm -hmm. Um, So having, I didn't, we never pay for material. When Mm -hmm. we reclaim stuff, uh, we will never pay for something. Maybe we do transports, but we will never pay the owner of the the material for what they're giving. Um, So then we have a whole discussion on, uh, yeah, Free libre uh, this free contribution what does it mean so this is a part of the income sometimes it's also the giver who pays if you and more and more we see that the um, uh, trash and waste is costing more and more money uh, we used to throw everything in landfills and stuff now it's more about reusing materials recycling uh, but the prices go up um, so sometimes people also pay us to get rid of their materials, even if we if they still have use. Um, often this is also to support our organization uh, because they m- materials we reclaim other people might also be interested in. If you put it on Facebook, no, they, they try to uh, also support us. So our partners uh, mostly uh, sometimes pay for something. Like VUB, the um, Free University of Brussels, the Dutch one, uh, all their furniture Uh, they want to get rid of it but it's still in good good state so we're doing it every two weeks we go there pick some things up from their basement and so they want to pay us for something like this Mm -hmm. knowing that putting it in the container would also cost something so actually we help both sides we help people receiving and we help people uh, giving materials uh, with what we're doing
0: Given that circular economy is a priority of any government, particularly Brussels, Brussels region, I mean, I'm actually surprised that there is no public funding f- for this. Given why, why do you think that is, or what's what's your relationship with them?
2: It's it's not it's not a bad rule. Never be public funding. It's just now there is no funding. Um, you also have to know, but that's more technical. If you want to have circular economy, we're not under circular economy mm. because we don't uh, ask enough money to be like. Uh, rentable to be profitable um yeah if you want to be profitable within um reclaiming materials they already exist mm-hmm. you know rotor exists batitaire exists all these companies um, struggling and trying to make money already exist. what are we gonna do having the same business model it, our project is is it's not it's social on, on top of it, so it's, yeah, try to make trying to make money is, I think, not possible. So it there will always be a need for some funding, um, but the funding can also come from the partners. For example, um, we're thinking about yeah, if every partner would like give forty euros a year, actually we're already kind of good for my 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 salary, for example, um, yeah. So these are things options we are like looking at. Um, and circular economy, they help you with funding for like startup, but they will not structurally fund circular economy. The goal of circular
1: economy is to be self-sufficient at a certain yeah. point. You I mean, you personally make a very good case for centralized funding because I just sat here having been introduced to you in limbo this morning, thinking about where you sit, you know, what comparisons there are already. In the theatre industry but also in sort of the, this this social sphere um and it seems that it's actually quite a human almost complex business model because you're you're reaching you're, you're sort of bordering socio um cultural and not profit not for profit but obviously you've got to cover costs and stuff you know you've got logistical things if someone gives you two tons of wood you've you've got to transport that so it it costs money and you are sat there thinking right well uh, you know uh, like you explained earlier on your costs seem to be almost like um, means tested so someone comes to you and says a school an arts organisation with not a huge amount of funding comes to you, you say, I need to build a set you've got a load of wood can I have your wood and you go okay yeah let's let's talk about how we get there there's a logistical cost also you're you know you're a company of this size i can give it to you for that that's incredibly um it's brilliant it's it's a really uh wonderful way of thinking about it in an age where everything's sort of app based and spreadsheet based and in goes the information out comes the cost if you've got the money you can do it um if you haven't you can't which is a, which is a shame so but i i can almost see that maybe uh it might be quite difficult to explain your case to to, to big funders to big to people in offices because you'd actually need to sit down with them and be like, well, this is how we work. And yes, I know it's a bit complex and a bit people based, but that's kind of who you are. Yeah.
2: Also, in the, the question could be where, does, where could the com- money come from? Because is it mm-hmm. like um, we do a job that's very useful for the, the waste industry? So we reduce the amount of waste. So should it come from uh, waste management of the city? Is it a waste project or is the cultural project do we support organizations so do we support culture um, yeah so that's that's or should it come from private donors or uh, how should we uh, um, finances it's, it's it's not so clear also if you ask for cultural subsidies in Brussels uh, it's difficult because we have two different uh, communities two different cultural um, governments in brussels um so that's an, an extra uh, step to overcome if you want to get funding because we are a bilingual project we really unite uh the dutch and the french uh, cultural scene in brussels um yeah so but uh in belgium this is in brussels this is not so um,
1: easy to realize uh, bilingual projects. I've uh, Ed's explained some of the um, administrative hurdles <laughs> that you guys have to go
0: over, and it's it's incredible. <laughs> now, 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 think now, think about it, Sam. If, if you're not uh, one of these languages, yeah. that that makes it even more difficult for. <laughs> for
2: us. Yeah, the, often we we tend to just um, how do you say. To use English and uh, this is a real pity that uh, for communication it's so much easier to just start to communicate in limbo in English but no we will not do this we will continue to do it in Dutch French and some important new news in English but it's it's you need a communication person that speaks Dutch French and English but English is not really a problem but have a bilingual team. If you have someone on the counter, you need someone who is bilingual. If you have someone um, going to partners, yeah, it could be a Dutch or a French partner. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 not easy, but it's a city with two with the two communities. So there are a lot of people being
1: bilingual, but you need to get them. Uh, yeah. The more the more I hear about it, the more your the name in limbo is just. Absolutely, bang on the money for this project. Like all the material, all the stuff that you receive is in limbo. You yourself are in limbo, and then the way that you communicate and the way you sit uh, in in the in the world is like in limbo.
2: interesting when we talk about the cost of this project so we uh, are also very linked to two stunts this use of empty spaces and so now we're gonna we're gonna move actually because our previous space was uh, the, the, the the temporary occupation was over so we try to use temporary occupation if you look at uh, all the empty buildings in brussels uh, we need a lot of space for this storage of in limbo so we try to as much as possible use empty spaces Uh, for the moment we're temporarily but in the long run if one day we have funding we might try to look for a permanent place um because we want to it's always difficult to have something that moves around if it's a project that continues especially if it's like it's something you want to get in the routine of a city uh one day we we want to be the place for like reclaiming materials within the sector if it's something that always moves around um it's difficult to be within the the routine of how people think about uh, materials. Mm. Yeah, but now we reduce the costs a lot by not paying for building. Um, so the new place we go to, we don't get money for maintaining their building, but we don't have to pay anything either. Uh, it's an old garage that will be a krish one day, mm. um, a kindergarten. Um, so yeah. We, we the the city allowed us to use this this empty space.
0: Great to hear. And and maybe just um, finally, perhaps just to look a bit further into the future. How do you see the development of Inlimbo? In, you talked a little bit about potentially automatizing things. Uh, yeah. How? Where is Inlimbo going?
2: Yeah, th- that's a good question because it's it's. Um, I I'm now like realizing some decisions my prede The people before me uh, did are like not coherent, Uh, and I try to find coherence in this project. Um, So I think one of the future um, big things is we're gonna redo the whole website. It's a whole website we built already, but it has no something is missing. So this will be really for going more towards the. what you said, the websites to look for uh, things, Craigslist, uh, eBay, kind of more this vibe, because now the website is built on a, on the logic of stock management, uh, and you have to. It's very technical, but in the website today, everything has a name, and it's also because we have multiple languages. If you put chair, you can translate it easily because you have a s- certain list of things you have to translate. But the reality is we reclaim c- anything. It could be, uh, uh, I don't know, a chair for uh, a, a crook, How do you say a small chair? Uh, like, around, a st- like a round... Stool. A s- stool. A stool. Yeah. yeah. So that's not a chair. Uh, but that's very close. It's still similar. But then you have a bench. Then you have... so so, And if you it, it, it does not function you can have like this uh, storage uh, this logistical thing if you have a shop where you sell thousand things and that's it but what we can give it's like whatever you can think of um always when we get new material it's we we think about could some organization use this it's not for our, our own benefits normally if you reclaim something you have a project with it but our project is for someone else so someone shows us a stool and then I I have to look at like could a school could a theater company could uh, uh, a collective use this tool And I'm like Mm. I'll take it but it's on the spot we have to think about all these partners that might use it sometimes Mm. you take something and you you, it's like "Ah, this will be difficult but I'll take it and the day afterwards it's gone And sometimes you think like, wow, this is super good. Nice. uh, Thank you. I'll take it gladly. And three months later, you still see it lying around in the stock and you're like, why does no one want this? This is so nice. Mm. Um, Mm. So it also always depends
1: on um, uh, on what people need and it's very hard to to define. I just uh, just stalking your website and I see you've got uh, looking down in the in the catalog, you've you've got a a caravan. Like a, a static home? Uh, which one? Because we have multiple, I think, for the moment.
2: Uh, amazing. <laughs> uh, no, there was one on the, more on the countryside and one alone. It's, yeah, it, I don't know I yeah. have to check on the website.
1: Out the country is amazing. I
2: love it. <laughs> but that's for example, the things you see on the website are not per se in our stock. Uh, they are at the partner's place. So um, yeah, that's to avoid uh, transport. Uh, if it's mm. for me to transport it to my place, that somebody comes to get it to at my place, that's one transport too much. So it's uh, a lot of money. Yeah. We also yeah. have a, a barack friture. I don't know if you see it, like a fry, a French fry place. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's still oh, on the, the website yeah. because we gave it away like two two days ago. Uh, like
1: is it like a sort of burger van? Yeah, but like yeah. <laughs> a big one. Yeah, a yeah. static one. <laughs>
0: amazing it's an amazing
1: amazing collection of stuff
0: Sam thank you so much for uh, giving us a little insight into In Limbo it's been fascinating and uh, yeah we wish you all the best with it I think it's a fantastic project and I hope that you continue to grow with it cool thanks for having me and uh, come
2: around if you need some stuff